A fortnight ago, Mr. Hornby was advised that a parcel of stones had been dispatched by the Elmina Castle, and it appeared that the parcel was an unusually large one and contained stones of exceptional size and value. Under these circumstances, Mr. Reuben was sent down to the docks at an early hour in the hope the ship might arrive in time for the stones to be lodged in the bank at once. Unfortunately, however, this was not the case, and the diamonds had to be taken to the works and locked up in the safe. "'Who placed them in the safe?' asked Thorndyke. "'Mr. Hornby himself, to whom Mr. Reuben delivered up the package on his return from the docks.' "'Yes,' said Thorndyke. "'And what happened next?' "'Well, on the following morning, when the safe was opened, the diamonds had disappeared.' "'Had the place been broken into?' asked Thorndyke. "'No. The place was all locked up as usual, "'and the caretaker, who had made his accustomed rounds, "'had heard nothing, and the safe was, outwardly, quite undisturbed. "'It had evidently been opened with keys and locked again "'after the stones were removed.' "'And in whose custody were the keys of the safe?' inquired Thorndyke. "'Mr. Hornby usually kept the keys himself,' but on occasions when he was absent from the office he handed them over to one of his nephews, whichever happened to be in charge at the time, but on this occasion the keys did not go out of his custody from the time when he locked up the safe after depositing the diamonds in it to the time when it was opened by him on the following morning. "'And was there anything that tended to throw suspicion upon anyone?' asked Thorndyke. "'Why, yes,' said Mr. Lawley, with an uncomfortable glance at his client. Unfortunately, there was. It seemed that the person who abstracted the diamonds must have cut or scratched his thumb or finger in some way, for there were two drops of blood on the bottom of the safe, and one or two bloody smears on a piece of paper, and, in addition, a remarkably clear imprint of a thumb. "'Also in blood?' asked Thorndyke. Yes, the thumb had apparently been put down on one of the drops, and then, while still wet with blood, had been pressed on the paper and taking hold of it or otherwise. Well, and what next? Well, said the lawyer, fidgeting in his chair, to make a long story short, the thumbprint has been identified as that of Mr. Reuben Hornby. Ah, exclaimed Thorndyke, the plot thickens with a vengeance. I had better jot down a few notes before you proceed any further. He took from a drawer a small paper-covered notebook, on the cover of which he wrote Reuben Hornby, and then, laying the book open on a blotting pad, which he rested on his knee, he made a few brief notes. Now, he said when he had finished, with reference to this thumbprint, there is no doubt, I suppose, as to the identification? None whatever, replied Mr. Lawley. The Scotland Yard people, of course, took possession of the paper, which was handed to the director of the fingerprint department for examination and comparison with those in their collection. The report of the experts is that the thumbprint does not agree with any of the thumbprints of criminals in their possession— that it is a very peculiar one, inasmuch as the ridge pattern on the bulb of the thumb, 
which is a remarkably distinct and characteristic one, is crossed by the scar of a deep cut, rendering identification easy and infallible, that it agrees in every respect with the thumbprint of Mr. Reuben Hornby, and is, in fact, his thumbprint beyond any possible doubt. 